This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC is off back with us in the new year. And we are in Florida. We are in West Palm. We're at the brand new ESPN West Palm Studios. Thanks to Celsius. And Smalls was on a chair that made her into a seven-footer. That literally back in the studio, Pat Costello, our producer, was calling her Matumbo. That she looked unbelievably tall. And we're going to get her set up over there. You're right over there? You're not even in the microphone, I don't think. She's, I don't know what she's doing over there. We have to... (laughs) She couldn't get in the chair. I don't even know that her microphone is working there. So uh, we are going to get Smalls. We are going to get small set up there uh, with our microphone, and we are in Florida. So off to a great start, of course. Killing it. Oh, there we go. There you go. Now okay. you're now you're totally fine. Two, can well, you um, check one too. Yes, there you're go. good. You're good. You're totally good. But boy, we had an interesting morning this morning as I tried to park, and it was a disaster. We will get to that uh, maybe in our unsportsmanlike moment of the day because Smalls is still laughing from that. But <laughs> man, oh man, the Dallas Cowboys and Buffalo Bills played a game yesterday that even if you thought Buffalo was going to win the game, you didn't think they were going to win the game like this. There's no way you thought you know what Josh Allen would throw for less than 100 yards and the Bills would win by 21 21 21 <laughs> points 31 10 yesterday just a remarkable dominant performance where the ground game by Buffalo James Cook 25 carries 179 yards and a touchdown Josh Allen had 50 uh, had 24 yards rushing and a touchdown Latavius Murray had a touchdown Ty Johnson at 54 yards this was as dominant a performance as you're going to see and it's amazing to think that maybe maybe The team playing the best in the NFL right now is not even a playoff team. The Buffalo Bills are the nine seed. They dominate the Cowboys one week after beating the Chiefs, and they're still a nine seed, Smalls. They absolutely are. Um, I'm surprised you would say they might be the best team in the NFL because I thought you would always default to San Francisco when you're having that argument because I know how you feel about the 49ers. But this is why it's hard for me to trust the Dallas Cowboys, Evan. They have been playing outstanding football. We were talking about Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, as the MVP of the NFL for weeks. And even though the Buffalo Bills were playing great, and you could feel them starting to put it together, and you could feel that ascension coming, and you you knew that Vegas was giving them points at home, it still felt like if the Dallas Cowboys are going to be who they're telling us they are. And if they're going to be who we expect them to be this year, they have to go into Buffalo and they have to win this game. They have to keep this going. And then what do they do? They absolutely drop the ball. So this is why it's hard for me to trust them. Yeah, and I get it. This is the problem, though. I was thinking about you during this game yesterday because you were there last week saying, okay, well, when the cow or even, you know, for any big Cowboys win, you have said, that's nice. I need to see it in the playoffs. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Well, Same thing with the loss. I mean, if we're going to not give them credit for a 33-13 win over the Eagles last week, do we not give them blame for the Bills' loss? No, we'll absolutely give them blame. But it's not in the playoffs, Smalls. True, but the whole point, Evan, is that they come up short. Their DNA is that they have really great teams, a lot of talent, a Super Bowl-winning head coach, but in the biggest of moments, they come up short. And I think this is another data point that, reinforces that. Listen, I I know it's the regular season and they could absolutely still go on a run in the playoffs. Uh, My barometer for them is playoff success, but it doesn't feel great that as you're supposed to be 
putting building blocks on your season, you come out and you lay an egg like this. No, and this was a horrible loss because what does this loss do? It puts Philly in first place in the division right now in the NFC East. Philly obviously has a game tonight against Seattle on ESPN as part of Monday Night Football. Now, we don't know what Jalen Hurts' status is because of his health, because of, like, literal health, not physical injury, like, with, uh, you know, an illness or whatever. Um, And it also, I mean, let's be honest, I don't know that you could look at Dak Prescott as the favorite, which he's not per ESPN bet, for the MVP anymore. It's Brock Purdy. I think guys like Brock Purdy and maybe Lamar Jackson, who we'll get to, potentially surpass him. This was a horrible loss. As Nuno, our producer, said to me before the show, this is the kind of loss that gets Mike McCarthy fired. Not in the regular season, but if they don't achieve where they need to achieve in the postseason, this is a really, really bad loss for the Dallas Cowboys. Because now you're looking at it and you're saying you're not going to win the division. You're not going to be the one seed. You're not going to have the MVP. I understand that is drastic, but after one game yesterday, it feels like we can be drastic because look at their schedule the rest of the way. They're at the Dolphins, home against the Lions, at the Commanders. All right, you know they're going to win the last one, Right, at the Commanders, or you think they're going to win the last one. You think. But at the Dolphins and home against the Lions are losable games. Now, we haven't seen the Dolphins beat anybody good. We know that. And the Lions have stumbled. The Lions have stumbled, but they looked great yesterday. I think that when you look at this situation right now in Dallas, that was as bad of a loss as you possibly could have. As bad of a loss as you possibly could have. But I I know, you're right, I have been very hard on Buffalo. But when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Yeah. Yesterday, standalone game, Smalls, yesterday, I was wrong. Josh Allen, to me, looked great. And you're going to sit there, if you look at the box score, and you're like, what do you mean he looked great? He didn't even throw for 100 yards. Josh Allen completed seven passes. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Great teams adjust. Great teams look at it and look at what the defense is or look at what the offense is and the opposition and say, okay, well, here's what we're going to figure out. What are they bad at? And let's exploit it. Dallas could not stop the run yesterday. So it was irrelevant for Josh Allen to throw the football a million times. He didn't throw an interception. He didn't turn the ball over by way of pick. The the streak is over. I loved the Josh Allen game yesterday. That's the kind of Josh Allen game I'd want if I'm a Bills fan. And maybe that was the point is just to end the streak and get the confidence going and get and recalibrate a little bit. But you know what I was thinking too, Evan? We forget about Ken Dorsey getting fired. Oh, yeah. That's and huge. that for a lot of people, signaled perhaps the end of the Buffalo Bills this season. We were talking about how dysfunctional it was in Buffalo and would they be able to overcome this. But since that move, I mean, the past four weeks, they're 3-1, and and the one loss that they have is that really close loss, that 37-34 loss to Philadelphia. They clearly made the right move, and it energized this team, and it energized this offense. There's no debating that. There's no, I mean, I hate to put it on Dorsey. I'd like to put it maybe more on Joe Brady, their new offensive coordinator. But I totally get where you're coming from on that. And, and look, it's the same thing, right? However you want to look at it, it is the same thing. They get, they make a move, and things change here. And yeah, they have won three of four. They destroy the Jets. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Cowboys. They lose the Eagles by three. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a hell of a four-game run since that move after losing to the Broncos. And now if you look at the Bills' schedule the rest of the way, at the Chargers, that's a win. We know that, right? That gives them another win there, and that puts them at nine and six. Home- what? You, maybe an interim coach at bump there, though. Yeah, but that, that <laughs> maybe, maybe um, home against the Pats. You would think after losing to the Pats earlier that they should, but they should obviously win that game. That would give them ten wins, and then at the Dolphins. So, I mean, I still think the best path for Buffalo could be by way of winning the division. But it is a crazy thing right now to think about that the Buffalo Bills may be playing better football than anyone in the NFL, let's say, outside of San Francisco, and they're a nine seed. 
Is it fair to characterize them as the most dangerous team in the NFL right now? Can you say a one seed is dangerous? Or is that a, like dangerous would not be the appropriate word for a one seed. Like one seed, it's obvious that it's dangerous. Yes, but they were an unexpected one seed, I guess. No, but I'm saying the Ravens are the one seed right now. Oh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm saying if, like the Ravens and the Niners, I would take, I would think I would take over Buffalo, but maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, is there a team right now that would scare you in the playoffs oh, more so than Buffalo outside of San Francisco? Well, I viewed the Packers as the team that could get into the playoffs and be a disruptor uh, and, be, and be dangerous. And now? Not feeling great about that prediction this morning, Evan. But I'm saying Buffalo feels like that team that they're getting hot at the right time. They have the quarterback that can really make you pay, that can break open a game in a lot of ways. They have a lot of talent. And they've been in the playoffs before. They have that identity. So to me, you're looking at a team that, you know, you might not want to trust them all the way, but they're really dangerous. So then do it this way. Let's keep it to the AFC. Finish this sentence for me, Smalls. Okay. I'd rather play any other team in the AFC outside of? Well, I'm still going to pick Baltimore. So Baltimore, you take over Buffalo. Yes. Because, like, okay, right now, would you rather play Kansas City or Buffalo in the playoffs? Um, that one's really tough for me because even though I think Buffalo, can't, you know how I feel about Kansas City, but they're still the Chiefs. It's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still Andy Reid, and it's still the playoffs and Travis Kelsey. I mean, they have and Chris Jones and Steve Spagnuolo. Um, I think I would still go with the Chiefs, even though I don't feel great about them, just because I know that they find a way in the postseason. But the point is, you're thinking about whether or not you'd rather play a Super Bowl winning Chiefs team or the nine seed. I know. Think about that. And that's coming from me because what, and I'm not, I'm a, I've been a Bills hater and a Josh Allen hater. And I admit to that every which way. My point is this. If you can have a game like that yesterday, like they had where Josh Allen is not flinging the ball around and making mistakes and can simply say, fine, you do it. I'm good. Like I'll hand you the ball, James Cook, and you'll dominate them. You know, he had what over a hundred total yards from scrimmage in the first half of this game yesterday. That I look at this game and I say that this was the perfect Buffalo Bills football game. You want to win a Super Bowl if you're Buffalo? This is the way to do it. Hand the ball off. Let Josh Allen compliment your defense in your run game and go to work that way. If Josh Allen could be the cherry on top instead of the batter that makes the cake. Now, I made an ice cream reference and a cake reference. Doesn't necessarily make sense. Although you and I had both of those last night. We ate an enormous amount of ice cream and cake last night. And nachos and french fries. We really, we were living our best life last night. That we did, yeah. And uh, me talking trash to an NFL, an ex-NFL player telling him I'm a better quarterback than him. That's true. Uh, maybe we'll have that person on at some point because I went <laughs> at him saying, You're, you weren't that great. He played 11 years in the league and was a Heisman finalist and I thought I was better than him. Nonetheless, nonetheless, I think that is the way in which the Buffalo Bills can win and win big. I really do. I really do. I really think that is, that's the way. So finish the sentence for us, and you guys can do so on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. I'd rather play any team in the AFC except for blank. Because of the Buffalo Bills, that blank now. 888-SAY-ESPN. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation. You can give us a call. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not the college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. Buffalo Gives us a performance yesterday that was dominant. The Cowboys give us a performance yesterday that has everyone worried about what they could look like in the postseason. Luckily for them, they don't play the AFC until the Super Bowl if they are to get there. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. 
I'd rather play any team in the AFC except for blank, one of those teams, Baltimore Ravens. Smalls already said I put them above the Ravens, excuse me, above the Bills. We will get to them and their big performance on Sunday Night Football coming up. Long Michelle Smallman, CC back with us in the new year. Evan Cohen, we are live from ESPN West Palm, brand new studio. Celsius, thank you to you for sending us down here. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2. Go ahead. I see you laugh. Just do what you're going to do. Go ahead. Let me have it, Smalls. CC back with us in the new year. Go ahead. Is it warm in here? You got to talk. Keep going. I'm sorry. We've had quite the morning. First Just go. Of all, first of all, Evan and I, we drove from our hotel here and we got stuck in a construction zone. Evan decided to drive into it and then could not back us out of it. So that was a whole And instead of help, and instead of helping, Smalls is dying of laughter dying. at me. I literally am I have this rental car. It's stuck. I can't back out. I was and like, she, should I be filming this? That's all she cared about. I'm like, do you realize we're not going to get to the show on time? I can't figure out how to get out of this parking lot that was a construction zone. But okay, so that's number one. So number that's two. number one. Then I didn't have Wi-Fi that whole last segment. My computer's still not plugged in, so we could lose power at any moment, which is great. And uh, we are sitting in a new studio. This is our first time being at ESPN West Palm. Beautiful facilities, but... We're still trying to find our way, and we're we're trying to get acclimated. And what we see on our monitor, as far as our feedback from the camera, isn't necessarily what it looks like, what everyone else is seeing. So I'm looking at Evan. Things look fine. I look on his little monitor. Everything looks fine. We look up at the television. We look at what America is seeing. And Evan's a little sweaty. All right, so you know what? If people see screenshots of me sweating, <laughs> feel free to tweet them at us at Unsports ESPN. The Dr. Pepper inbox there. Why not? Go for it. All right, so the, one of the teams in the AFC that we would say, all right, you got to put them obviously above the Buffalo Bills. A team that's making you sweat? <laughs> yes. 
based on that, every team is making me sweat, I think, at this point, um, would be the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. They win last night. They beat the Jaguars. I'm very confused by the Jaguars. Like, what's going on with them here? Uh, you have three teams in their division that are eight and six, including the Jaguars, obviously. The Ravens win 23-7 last night. Lamar has a very good game. They do have a bunch of injuries, though, including yes. their big play running back, Keaton Mitchell, season-ending left knee injury in the fourth quarter. Obviously a blow to them in that spot. But the Ravens are the top seed now. And you look around if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Arguably, the second-best team in the AFC would be the Buffalo Bills. They're the nine seed, meaning they're not in. The Miami Dolphins don't have a win against a good team all year long. And the Chiefs, even though they beat up on the Pats yesterday, actually in the first half of that game was way closer than the score would indicate. If you're the Ravens, like as Justin Bieber, I think, said, now or never. Is he singing that song? Who's saying now or never? Maybe I'm wrong on that. But whoever's saying now or never... Mm. Now or never with is, the Ravens. Is it Beavs? No, I, should, I think I'm wrong. I should that. know this because I am a, be- a believer. Um, but it is now or never for the Baltimore Ravens. I said this to CC on Friday that heading into this year, we thought the AFC was going to be an absolute gauntlet. We thought that it was going to be murder's row to get to the Super Bowl and the AFC. And then because of injury or one thing or another with different teams, mostly injuries to starting quarterbacks. One by one, these teams have kind of fallen by the wayside, except for the Baltimore Ravens. And they have every single component that we would look to to categorize them as a Super Bowl team. And their path is getting more and more clear to the Super Bowl. It truly feels like when I look at the teams in the AFC, Evan, that it's the Baltimore Ravens on one tier and then everybody else that we're going to consider, whether it be the Dolphins or the Chiefs or the Bills, if you want to still put Jacksonville in that category, but they seem to be heads and tails above the rest. And if they don't get it done this season, I think they're going to look back and really think that they had a major missed opportunity because all of these quarterbacks are going to be back and hopefully healthy next season, and it's going to be a a tougher road for them to get there if they don't accomplish it this year. Yeah, I I look at the Ravens, and I think that you know the Dolphins fans will probably tell you, hey, we can still beat them. It doesn't. It, it doesn't feel like it right now. The Ravens. That game against the Rams. Not last night's game. Obviously against the Jaguars, which is a great win. But that Rams game last week is the one that I'm going to look back upon, and I'm going to sit there and say, when you have that third and seventeen, you have the punt return, walk off touchdown in overtime. There are certain times where you look at it and say, that's that moment. You just feel like that may be their moment. And the Jaguars right now, with the way the Chiefs are playing more drops yesterday, including by Travis Kelsey, by the way, in yep. the end zone, Taylor Swift not happy with some of the things that went on in that game as she was cursing up a storm in the press and the luxury box, which I loved. I thought she was so into it, which was great yesterday. But you look around that AFC, the team that I think scares you the most is not in the playoffs as of now, the Buffalo Bills. It's now or never for the Jaguars. So it's never say never. Never say never. Jaden Smith as well. Yeah, on me. On me. 888-SAY-ESPN is the number to be a part of the show. Steve in North Carolina listening on 99.9. The fan in Raleigh, the team you want to avoid in the postseason in the AFC is? Uh, is the question, is the, is the team that the Ravens want to avoid, or is it the team? No, anyone, anyone, is? because people are so high on the Bills right now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe potentially that's, you would look at it and say the Ravens. That's, that's not... That's a charade. Don't don't buy the Bills like you don't buy the Cowboys. I'm gonna tell you right now, the two teams I think I think the two teams I think is the Ravens and the Browns. Because the Browns oh. are that tight team that's sleeping on everybody. I think the Browns need to be paid attention to. But the Ravens is probably the best team. But pay attention to the Browns. Remember this: <laughs> I don't trust the Bills. I don't trust the Cowboys. I, I think they just have 
you know, glamorous games once every weekend, then they go back to being normal a couple of weekends. I, I don't I know. know. I don't know. Good. Steve, let me tell you something. As a bill, as somebody that's been very critical of Josh Allen and the Bills, last two weeks are pretty damn impressive. I mean, I got to be fair on that. Browns are a good answer. Now, the Browns almost lost on a Hail Mary to was, the Bears yesterday. I was just going to say, I feel like the Bengals are more of a dangerous team or a team that you might not want. And the Browns? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I love what Jake Browning's do, he's doing. Very, he's playing really well. He's very impressive to me. But, I mean, the Bears, I mean, the, the, excuse me, the Browns have won games with four different starting quarterbacks this year. Their defense is dominant. Flacco had an awful first half, and they still come back and win. But the Browns, you know, I guess either of those teams could potentially be in the list or on the list here. Greg in Nevada, 94.1, joins us on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. What's up, Greg? Yeah, what's happening, uh... Yeah, I agree with the caller. Uh, definitely Baltimore is the for sure favorite in the AFC. You don't want to see uh, the imminent MVP in Lamar Jackson. They got some tools out there that they run the ball on you with by committee. And then they got some receivers on the shelf that are just pedestrian like Odell Beckham right now. And then, like you said, you know what? Cleveland's defense is real. You probably don't want to go down to see the dog pound over there, even with Joe Flacco being in a uh, wheelchair. So, yeah, that's what it's looking like right now. You don't want to see Baltimore. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, Baltimore, I would say, is is one, obviously. But it's interesting, then, who's two? Because we have two people right off the bat saying the Browns over the Bills, and people are still not buying into the Bills here. Lee in Dallas watching on ESPN2. Probably not a good day in Dallas today, Lee. Mm. Lee is not there, I guess. Lee is not there. Instead, we talked to Michelle Smallman about Vivid Seats. Bowl season, basketball, hockey, and pro football are in action, and Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket gifting needs this holiday season. See every one-timer, every touchdown, and every slam dunk live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans, offering unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN2 presented by Progressive Insurance. Yes, we are in flow, Ryder. <laughs> wow, Javante. Good work, You Javante. still got it. Still got it, Javante. Well done. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC in Paris. Oui, oui. We'll be back with us in the new year. Can I just make one passion plea to defend the Dallas Cowboys on something? Why? Is I, today the day to do that? Yeah, but it's really against people like you, is my defense. Before we get to some of the other moves around the league and some of the stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So for all the people out there that want to downplay Cowboys wins because it's not in the postseason, you also have to downplay Cowboys losses. This is what drives me crazy. If we're going to sit here a week ago and say, that's nice, you beat the Eagles the way you did, but I need to see it in the playoffs, then the same response needs to be there. Well, that's nice. You get your butt kicked by Buffalo on the road. They run all over you. You have no run defense, but you need to put the footnote of, but it doesn't matter because we'll see what happens in the postseason. How can we apply the postseason logic with the Cowboys to last week, but not this week? No, I don't. I don't have to do that. Yes, you do. And No, I don't. And I'll tell you why. Because yesterday is confirmation bias of what I already feel about the Dallas Cowboys, which is just when you expect them to be different, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. It's been 27 years, Evan, since they've been to the championship round of the playoffs. We've had children be born, married off, and birthed their own children since then. The Dallas Cowboys were once a dynasty, once a shining jewel franchise In the NFL, they haven't been there in a long time. So it is my confirmation bias of yesterday's confirmation bias of what I feel that no matter how well Dak Prescott is playing, no matter how much talent is out on the field, no matter how great the coaching is, is that when it matters, just when you really start to go there with them and believe in them, they lay an egg, whether it be in the playoffs or like what we saw yesterday. But Smalls, if they won 31-10, what would you be saying today? I would be saying I feel much better about them going into the playoffs, but yeah, see, then, two, two and four in the playoffs, Dak. I mean, you just so then, then Tony Romo's lack of success is held in the postseason is held against Dak Prescott. Kind of like we're going to look at just the laundry over the course of it. And I'm not saying Dak and McCarthy haven't had their own problems in the playoffs. I know they have. My point is we keep doing this with the Cowboys where it's like we only allow ourselves to to as you said, have the confirmation bias. We don't allow ourselves to at least even wonder, hey, maybe, possibly, this year could be different. We do that with every team, with every franchise. Unfortunately, the butt fumble works against Zach Wilson because we expect the Jets to melt down. We expect the improbable, terrible thing to happen to the New York Jets. So we... We apply what we have seen years past, even if the players are different. We say we still know how this movie's going to end. It doesn't really matter who the characters are for some organizations. You expect the outcome to be the same. Do you not expect the Chargers to always be meh? Do you not expect the the Cal or the the Chicago Bears to somehow find a way to mess up a quarterback? This right. is what happens. So yesterday, the Bears and the Browns play. The Bears drop a hail mary for a win. And you're using that, uh, like, that to you is in the same conversation as Mitch Trubisky. Kind of. Mitch Trubisky is literally on the Steelers. But because the Bears drop a Hail Mary, it's same. Like, one of the people in our group text, I think it was Nuno, who who actually, our producer, said to us, 
typical Bears, or that could only happen to the Bears. Correct. Because you're using Mitch Trubisky's failures against Moody dropping an inter- uh, excuse me, a, a Hail Mary at the end there, right? This is what we're doing with the Cowboys. I get it. It just drives me crazy because we just, last week should have been all praise for the Dallas Cowboys. The last few weeks should have been, and I understand Dak was the favorite for the MVP, and we did get to the point of praising them, but not to the level of maybe the way we're even praising their opponent today in the Buffalo Bills. Or praising the Ravens, who were great last night. I get all of it. But again, my view is if last week's win doesn't matter because I need to see them in the playoffs, this week's loss, and oh, by the way, they did clinch a playoff spot, even with the loss, this week's loss shouldn't count, not shouldn't count, but shouldn't matter until the playoffs. And that's where I go with all of this. Now, we did see since we last left everybody on Friday, you're on ESPN Radio. We are on Sportsman, like alone with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, with you. We're live at ESPN West Palm Studios, the grand opening of the studios here. Celsius, shout out to Celsius. Smalls has an entire Celsius fridge behind her in the studio. I know. I meant to ask, can I crack into that? I, they're not mine, but I would assume so. So we're guests in someone else's home. We're making it our home for a right. couple days. But I'm the type of person, if I'm a house guest, I need to ask before I go in the fridge. I'm not just going to waltz into the kitchen, open it up, and, and crack out a Celsius. I need to ask permission. I don't know who you're going to ask permission to. So, sure, take a Celsius. Are they perfectly, like, even? There's no hole in there? Yes, they are. Oh, uh, then you would actually screw up the whole thing? That's what I'm saying. It's... And it's taking a piece out of the beautiful Celsius puzzle, if I, I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I actually have but no idea. There's so what... many flavor options, Evan. I don't this know. This is what very you're exciting to do for that. me, and it's no right idea. over my shoulder, yeah, taunting I me I don't know. this entire time. We can find out coming up. You know, I, I love Celsius. I know you do. That's I have one every day. I know you do, and that's why we're here. So awesome job by Celsius. <laughs> now, uh, since we last left everybody on Friday, uh, Nuno flew to Florida. He's getting a manicure, but that's not where I was going on that. Um, no, a pedicure. He's getting a pedicure. He's getting both. Is he getting a Manny? Are you able to speak over there? I don't even know. Yes? No? 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 I am able to talk over there. Oh, yeah. When is your Manny Petty before we get to the coaching moves here around the league? Yeah, Michelle and I uh, tomorrow. Spotty. Wow. Look at you guys. Look at you guys. And it's your first pedicure, right, Nuno? Correct. Oh, this is life-changing moment for our boy here. Hey, I'm sure you're very excited to see Nuno's feet. Those, <laughs> those are probably really attractive. Better than your sweating. Bust out the belt sander. <laughs> the belt sander. I, do I still have tons of sweat? We need people to send in screenshots from ESPN2. And I got to tell you, I'm looking at you in person, and it doesn't look like it, but then I just looked up at an ESPNU, and you you look a little dewy. A little shiny. <laughs> well, shiny, happy people. <laughs> um so since we last left you, Brandon Staley was fired by the Chargers. Okay, we knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But there's something else that has happened now. The Steelers lost a bad game on Saturday to the Indianapolis Colts. Gardner Minshew beat up on them 30-13. to The Patriots lose again over the weekend. We're getting to the place where the conversations about the Bill Belichick breakup are obviously real. But people are going to the place of the Mike Tomlin Steelers breakup. Yeah, This breakup makes me really uncomfortable. Even talking about it, even thinking about it, the Belichick breakup makes me insanely uncomfortable, but we have we have talked about this for so long, I'm now getting used to it, right? But Mike Tomlin and the Steelers breaking up, I, I don't understand it for the life of me. There's no way the Steelers are going to go out there and find a better head coach than Mike, Mike Tomlin. But here's what I'm wondering. At some point, does Mike Tomlin say, you know what, I'll take a break. Maybe it's time. I'll walk away. Maybe I take a year off. Maybe I go do TV. Maybe I get another job because anyone would want me. Or is it one of these, let's just kind of go to 
counseling after the season, work this out, figure out what we need, and get back on track. Because the thought process that I saw on Saturday into Sunday about, hey, don't we need to start talking about Mike Tomlin's future with the Steelers really makes me ill. I I think that's ridiculous to even think about. Figure it out, whatever you do, unless it's on his doing, there's no way those two parties should break up. Yeah, with with Bill Belichick, we're talking about a man who's 71 years old. With Mike Tomlin, he's 51. He's 20 years his junior. That's why with with Bill Belichick, even though he is the football czar in New England, so every bad thing you want to point to for that team, all roads lead back to him. If you're going to bring him into your organization, you really have to consider how much longer will he have in him to do this. It's just reality. It's just the facts of life. I know that these head coaches are built differently and this is their life, but it's a realistic question you need to ask if you're an organization that's inquiring about Bill Belichick services. Mike Tomlin, I would not have any questions about him, even despite what's happening with the Steelers right now. The guy doesn't have a quarterback. And I think sometimes, Evan, we, and I use we as the royal we, us in the media, us as fans, we view something sometimes and bring up questions and conversation points that might not necessarily be happening internally. For example, this year we talked about Sean McDermott. Could he potentially be on the hot seat? And this is obviously before they kind of got on a run here. Right. But everything we heard coming out of Buffalo internally was absolutely not. This guy's not going anywhere. So I think sometimes from the outside, we tend to look at something through a different lens than maybe they do internally. The Steelers are one of the most stable organizations in all of sports. I think they're pretty aware of what they have in Mike Tomlin as as a head football coach from an X's and O's standpoint and from a leadership culture and identity standpoint. And I think they realize what they would be letting walk out the door if they were to cut ties with him. I totally agree with you. Perfectly said. Like, I hope this is one of these things that we're talking about. I can't imagine they're talking about it. I understand that people after Saturday are looking at it and they lose 30 to 13 to Gardner Minshew. They lose 30-13 to 13 to a backup quarterback. You have another wide receiver, in this case George Pickens, lack of effort on the field on Saturday. I totally get all of that. I hope it's one of these things. You chalk it up to a bad game, bad few weeks here. I still think they'll probably finish 9-8 and eight and they'll have a winning record. <laughs> I know Pat Costello, one of our producers, thinks it's, it's the most overblown conversation in all of sports, or one of them, the idea of the Mike Tomlin 500 streak. Not that Tomlin's not good, but that we talking about it gives him almost too much credit because it's not about what they do in the playoffs. It's more about, okay, cool, you went 9-8, and eight. the streak is alive. Does that really matter that much? I think it does. I think the overall culture, as you mentioned, mattered. It matters. I think that... Mike Tomlin is the kind of guy that would be scooped up in four seconds, and I I think you're right. I think it's one of these things that we're probably talking about or reacting to, and hopefully the Steelers organization internally would not be. Well, two things. One, can you imagine the frenzy that would happen if Mike Tomlin— Current coaches would get fired for him. People would lose their minds tripping over themselves trying to hire Mike Tomlin. It would be an outrageous bidding war for him, but— As a girl from St. Louis, Evan, I look at the St. Louis Cardinals very much like I look at at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is an organization that has had a lot of success historically that holds themselves to a certain standard. The Cardinals have not won a World Series since 2011 and have had a lot of playoff success over the past decade plus. In St. Louis, we look at that as an abject failure. We look at the Cardinals and we say, what is wrong with the organization? Now, last year 
was an outlier because the team was very bad. But even with the playoff success, it's not good enough. So I identify with Steelers fans who look at the organization and, yes, the winning streak is alive, the winning season streak is alive. Yes, they still are are overcoming a lot to be able to get there. But they're probably looking at this and saying, it's not enough. We're the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're the Steel Curtain. Look at all the success we've had. Getting a winning season is not enough. Getting to the playoffs is not enough. We need to be winning Super Bowls. And I understand that mentality. The way that we hold the Dallas Cowboys to a certain standard, frankly, we should be holding the Pittsburgh Steelers to the exact same standard. And we don't. 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show. And the Dr. Pepper call in line. A couple of things out there for you guys to weigh in on. Number one. The team in the AFC you don't want to face in the playoffs. Everyone seems to be saying the Ravens, but is number two maybe Buffalo, a team that's actually a nine seed right now in the AFC? And I'm telling you, I think we're overreacting to the Cowboys' loss yesterday. Yeah, that's right. I think we're overreacting because we didn't react enough, in my mind, to the Cowboys' win against the Eagles. Are we overreacting to the Cowboys' loss yesterday to the Bills, or should there be concern? 888-SAY-ESPN, number to be a part of the show. Coming up, a Hail Mary Gone wrong. Next, it's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. 17 all. Snap back. Ball down. Hopkins into it. The kick is up. And the kick is good. Fields back to pass. Up to the pocket. He rolls left. Time's run out. He's going to lock. Intercepted. Ball game over. The call courtesy of Browns Radio. ESPN 850 WKNR, the great Jim Donovan there with the call of an almost win for the Bears and a great win for the Browns. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are live today, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year. He's in Paris. I don't think I said that right. He's whining and dining in Paris is where he is right now. Paris. Paris. What did I, I say? I, I think know. I rolled I don't think the R really too. Did. I think I kind of butchered it, too. You did? Paris. That's why you and I are not in Paris, because <laughs> we can't even say it. And CeCe's living it up in Paris. Uh, so shout out to CeCe, who is in Paris today uh, with his fam. And uh, awesome little vacay there for them. But we saw yesterday an amazing win by the Cleveland Browns over the Chicago Bears. But the Bears had a Hail Mary at the end to potentially win the game. And it was dropped in the end zone. Cleveland is now 9-5, 20-17 is how they won yesterday. Chicago was up 17-7 in, into the fourth, and then obviously Cleveland comes all the way back 
and wins that game. So are we ready to give Cleveland credit, which I am, for that win yesterday? Or are you going to question them, Smalls, and say, well, yeah, you let the Bears hang around that long? Can the answer be yes? That no. I, I feel both ways about this Cleveland Browns team. They're another team that's hard for me to really buy in on because I don't really know what we're going to get from a quarterback perspective for this team. They've had, what, four quarterbacks this year? But while I think it's kind of head-scratching that you let the Bears hang around that long if you're a team that we really want to consider to be a Super Bowl contender that could be coming out of the AFC. The fact that you can rally versus the Browns, or excuse me, versus the Bears or the Browns, and find a way to win that game, that does tell me something about you. They are a team that has shown a lot of resilience this year in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and I, I'm impressed by the Browns. I am. Like, I don't, I don't care that you let them hang around as long as you did. I don't care that you had the interceptions early on. And, I mean... They threw three interceptions, one of them a pick six, and they still won a game. Like, I look at that in a weird way as a good thing. Now, if Deshaun Watson was playing and he's your intended starting quarterback and you have three interceptions and a pick six and then you still win a game, I have a million questions. You're with a guy in Joe Flacco who's, what, 38 years old that comes off the couch with his family to go and save your team offensively, and he's actually performing dare I say, better than Deshaun Watson was outside of that one half for the Browns? Absolutely. That's fair. The context of this matters in this case. So I am giving the Browns credit for that win yesterday. And when you look at them in the AFC right now, they're a legit threat to make some noise. Would I pick them over Baltimore in a playoff game? No, I would not. Would I pick them over Kansas City in a playoff game? Probably not. But that playoff game, you could see Kansas City winning like 21-20. Right? You could see that being 21 21-20, you can see that being really close. I just think that Cleveland is a dangerous team. I also wouldn't want to play in the AFC playoffs, but I can't put them in the Baltimore conversation. I probably would pick Kansas City over them. You probably would take Miami over them, I think. Would we? I don't know. Which how- is the way Miami can – I mean, Miami could score – that will be a fascinating matchup. With the way in which Miami could score and the way in which – Cleveland can defend Mm -hmm. would be a fascinating postseason matchup between these two. But that's why I feel like the Ravens are on tier one. And then you have a whole group of other teams on tier two, whether it be the Dolphins or the Browns or the Chiefs. You have all these other teams in the AFC that could be dangerous, but you just don't feel like you can go there with them 100%. Like you bring up the Dolphins. We know that this offense, when it's clicking, is one of the most dangerous units in the entire NFL, but they still have yet to beat anyone where you say that's a signature win that makes me believe that they could go on a deep playoff run. And I feel like even though Cleveland has some really strong wins, I I still feel like at some point maybe they'll unravel. And that might be unfair, but maybe I shouldn't feel that way because they keep overcoming thing after thing after thing this season to be able to find some wins. But I look at that game It's versus the Bears, who have shown some signs of life recently. But they blew a 17-7 lead. If you're in the playoffs, you're going to be playing a better opponent that likely wouldn't let that situation happen. And everyone's killing Moody for the drop in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Uh, It's not that I'm defending him. If you watch the play, we could show it on ESPN2 over and over again. Like, I mean, people have watched the play over and over again. He's going backwards. Like, his momentum is taking him backwards, and he's kind of reaching forward. I'm not saying it's, it's not a play that should have been made, 
But I am saying that it's a little bit more difficult in my mind as we're showing it on ESPN2. So Justin Fields rolls out. He flings it from about the 47-yard line. The ball is tipped up. And Moody is literally has the back almost to the to the line of scrimmage in some ways. He's falling backwards, has the right hand on it, then the left hand on it, brings it to his chest, loses the ball, and then kicks it away. It should have been caught. Don't get me wrong. Yes. It should have been caught. But if you think about the momentum of where his body was going, it was going the wrong direction as he was falling to the ground. And as a result, the Bears lose 20-17. to 17. Heartbreak in Chicago, I'm sure, today with that. But I still think, again, when you have your fourth-string quarterback and you throw three picks and a pick six as part of it and you win, that's a good win for the Browns. I have a question for you about the Bears before we wrap things up for this segment. Have they shown you enough? Has Matt Eberflus shown that he can get his team in a better position next season? Have you seen enough from him to think that he should stick around? Not yet. I not yet. I agree with that. But I think to be he's, determined, I would he's starting to change some minds, though. I, I, I'm going to cop out on an answer here on this, and it's not fair to him. But part of me, if I'm the Chicago Bears, I need to know who I can get before I would move on from him. I would have to do... I would hate to say this, but, I mean, wouldn't there have to be some dirty back-channel kind of talking to agents while somebody else has the job kind of thing? Like, aren't you talking to Jim Harbaugh's agent and asking the question, hey, if we have an opening here, would you be interested? Aren't you? We just talked about Mike Tomlin. Aren't you talking to Mike Tomlin's agent and finding out, hey, like, if is your guy definitely going to go back there? Like, mm-hmm. could we get him somehow? You know what I'm saying? I would probably ha- – what choice would you have? You know, he's good enough, right? You know, Bill Belichick might be available to go to Chicago, unless he's already. I mean, figured, his, historical team, yeah, obviously haven't won in forever. Can wear a hoodie. Uh, can wear a hoodie. I know that's a big factor for you that you don't <laughs> think you're, you're out on him going to the Chargers because he can't wear a hoodie. Well, he could cut the sleeves off, I guess. He could cut the sleeves off, and they yeah. play it in, inside. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's California. Uh, Justin in Ohio <laughs> on ESPN fifteen thirty in Cincy. What's up, Justin? Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, the team that I don't think anybody wants to face is the Cincinnati Bengals with a backup quarterback. Um, We beat San Francisco and Buffalo in back-to-back weeks. We beat Jacksonville on a Monday night game. Yeah, or Saturday we went into – or we had the Vikings come into Cincinnati and we were down 17-3 to in the fourth quarter and came back and won the game. So I 100% think nobody wants to see us in the playoffs. Yeah, the, the, this is a fascinating story right now. Thanks for the call with the Bengals. Yeah. They win 27-24 in overtime on Saturday against Minnesota. They were down 17-3 after three. They're riding a three-game winning streak. Jake Browning was was excellent again. Uh, T. Higgins may have had the catch of the year falling backwards and then spinning his arm over the, I mean, it was just an unbelievable catch that he had scoring a touchdown. And now you've got to put Zach Taylor in coach of the year conversation. I don't want to play the Bengals. I agree. But at the same time, I would choose playing them over playing the Bills right now. And I'm not even a Bills guy. Because I think of Josh to. Allen? No, because of everything other than Josh Allen, actually, <laughs> is why I would say that. Really? Yeah. One team people may be okay playing, as crazy as it sounds, the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get into them next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. 
My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.